Jesus is risen. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. And this is a beautiful day. And it is an amazing day to see all of you. God bless you. Thank you for being here. And Jesus is so happy that he, you console his heart just by being here. Now, we have a choice every day whether we choose Jesus or we choose sin. And look, all of us in this church are sinners. We all sin, and we have two choices anytime we sin. We either become like Jesus, Judas or we be like Peter. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss, and instead of repentance, Judas isolates himself from his brothers, and he commits spiritual suicide. Like Judas, if you do not repent, you basically are killing yourself. Peter, Peter denied Jesus three times. He said, no, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. And three times, Peter denies Jesus. But Peter repents and remains with the community of believers. Peter is found with the apostles at the resurrection. He does not fall into so much despair that he isolates himself from the body of Jesus. But he comes back into the church and he says, Brothers, I have sinned. I have denied Jesus three times. Who are you when you sin? When I sin? Are you Judas who after your sin, you isolate yourself and you say, I'm not worthy anymore of Jesus. And so you commit spiritual suicide by no longer being a part of his body, the church. Or are you like Peter, who repents and keeps hope in the mercy of Jesus? You know, it couldn't have been easy for Peter to go back to his brothers, his apostles, his brothers, and say, guys, I sinned. I denied Jesus three times. And when Peter goes and does that, do you think his brothers say, his friends, do you think he sa they say, Peter, who cares? Don't worry. Big deal. You deny Jesus. Jesus still loves you. It's okay. So even if you denied him, big deal. Or I'm going to heaven because I was saved by grace and my actions don't matter. His friends would have said, I know you denied him, and I did too, in my own way. This church is full of sinners. Sinners. I'm going to call you that again. Sinners. I'm a sinner, but I'm loved. And I'm called to repent from my sin, like Peter, who comes back to the church and says, brothers, I've sinned. The whole church replies, me too, but I'm going to repent and I'm going to come back to his grace. Family, we need each other. This community is a family that knows who we are as sinners, but knows that we are beloved children of God. Can you just say that with me? I am, I am. a beloved child of God. My sin does not define me. Amen. Okay, but here's the thing. That doesn't mean keep sinning. 
We heard in St. Paul's letter, Romans chapter 6, you know, shall we persist in sin that grace may abound? Because St. Paul says, where sin is, grace abounds all the more. That means, for the greatest sinners in this church, God's grace is more for you. Do you know that God, if you are a big, let's say you're like, you've done the worst thing ever. Who knows, right? Let's say you've done that in this church right now. You can't even forgive yourself for the sin you've committed. Do you know that God actually loves you more? Where sin is, grace abounds all the more. But then St. Paul says, but shall we persist in sin that grace may abound? Like, why would I keep sinning? I'm called into relationship. And every time I sin, I'm saying, eh, Jesus, I'm good. No thanks. Jesus has called us to repent. He's called us to conversion for the sake of relationship. Can you give yourselves a big hug? No, that's not you giving yourself a hug. Can you please squeeze yourself right now? This is to wake you up if you're falling asleep. Squeeze yourself. Let's go. Give yourself a hug. That is Jesus giving you a hug and saying, I want a relationship with you. I want to love you. And I do love you. But don't sin anymore. Because every time you sin, you reject me. And I love you. We need each other, family. I want to talk about um, two extremes in the life, in the life of faith, that I want us all to be aware of. The first extreme is relativism. The second extreme is perfectionism. Can you say relativism? Relativism is rooted in the lie, the lie that truth is relative to my opinion, that I create my own truth. You do you. My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. Whatever. If I'm Christian, great. If you're Muslim, great. Oh, good for you, Ramadan, whatever. No, that's not a real true religion. It's not rooted in truth. Or if I'm another religion, or if I'm just spiritual, family. Relativism is rooted in the lie that truth doesn't absolutely exist, that it's based on whatever I want to believe or I want to think. Truth, though, is rooted in reality. And Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Jesus is risen. But here's the thing. Either he's risen or he's not risen. There's no other choice. And if he is risen, then there is no other religion that is true. Period. Yes, do some religions have a little bit of truth? Sure. But it's only because they participate in the truth of Jesus. Do you believe that? Or have you fallen into the relativistic thinking that my faith is, eh, is it real? Don't fall into the lie also that your sin doesn't hurt God. That your sin isn't a big deal. If you love and believe in Jesus, then why would you and me intentionally hurt him? And so when we sin, do not fall into relativistic thinking of who cares, big deal, everyone sins. Sin is a big deal. It is such a big deal 
that Jesus thought and felt the need, God himself felt the need to die for sin. He died so that our sins could be washed and wiped away by his blood. Second, perfectionism. Say perfectionism. Can you say it louder? All right. A lot of you and me, to be honest, here's where this is my struggle. Perfectionism. Some of us, it's relativism. You don't think your sin's a big deal. Big deal. I went out on Friday night, Saturday night. I go, go to church on Sunday. I take the Eucharist. My body and my soul is dirty, but who cares? That's relativism. Second, perfectionism. The lie that you need to be perfect to be loved by Jesus. Say this with me. The Lord isn't looking for my perfection. Just an open heart. He will perfect me. Amen. As we said, where sin is, grace abounds all the more. If you're not perfect, welcome to the club. And Jesus is not asking you to be perfect. Actually, in the Bible, Jesus says, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. But what he means by perfection is always keep striving. The Greek word for perfection that Jesus uses when he calls us to perfection is do not stop. Keep striving because we will never be perfect in this world. It is only by God's grace. Our perfection is rooted in our humility, in knowing that we are sinners that need the grace of God. And so Jesus we need you. Kids, any kids, did you come to Stations of the Cross? Can you raise your hand, kids, if you came to Stations of the Cross and we learned a song? What was that song called? Can I hear it? Say it louder. Lord, I need you. You want to sing it together? You want to? Can I just invite all the kids to do that? Let's go. Come on. All the kids that were here, come on, kids. We got time, right? I don't know. I don't know if we have time, to be honest. Come on, kids. Hurry up. Hurry up. Ready? We're going to start it. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. All right, give them a round of applause. Well, all right, you guys can sit down. Good job. Perfectionism is rooted in self-reliance. Perfectionism, for those who feel like, I need to be perfect, I need to be perfect, it's rooted in the reality that we think we can do it on our own. But Jesus says in John 15, 5, say this with me, without me, you can do nothing. Philippians 4, 13, St. Paul says, all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. So, um, actually, that was Mark 9, I'm sorry. So, you may think that your sin disqualifies you from God's love, but that is so untrue. Whatever sin you've ever committed, God, God will forgive you. 
God does forgive you. But you can't forgive yourself. You can't absolve yourself from your sin. Family, a lot of us need to forgive ourselves, but we need to receive God's forgiveness oftentimes first. And so, if you may think that God can't forgive you, maybe because you've slept around, even maybe you've slept with someone who's married, or you're married and you've cheated, and you think, you think God can't forgive you, or if you're addicted to pornography and you feel like you can't change, God can't forgive me, Father. Father, I've hurt so many people that I love. God can't forgive me. Father, I've had an abortion. God can't forgive me. Father, I live in a homosexual relationship that I don't want to stop, but I'm struggling, but God can't forgive me. Jesus revealed to St. Faustina, the greater the sinner, the greater the right they have to my mercy. The greater your sin, the more God came for you. The church is not for the perfect, because none of us are perfect. The church is a home of sinners, a hospital where Jesus heals us. A home that loves you. Like St. Peter, who sinned and rejected Jesus three times. But he didn't kill himself like Judas. Peter went back to the apostles and he said, I sinned. And the apostles said, me too. Let's go back to Jesus. And Jesus rose from the dead. You know, Jesus is consumed by love. He's consumed by love for you. We need to wake up, family. Wake up! St. Paul says in Ephesians 5, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Jesus Christ will give you light. Jesus is yearning for your heart, and he wants to come. Repent of your sin and trust in his mercy. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter.